Welcome to Bitch Talk Booze and Interviews straight from the heart of quarantine. This is Ange. That's Aaron. What's up? We got Shar on the ones and twos. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning at bff.fm from 6 to 6.30. Boy, yo, 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 Welcome to part two of our conversation with friend of the show, friend in real life, Marina Stenkov-Hodge. And uh, she was so incredible. We had to break it into two episodes because she just we just had so much to say. And uh, we hope you enjoy this second part of our conversation, which dives deeper into the issues that we're facing today and her thoughts on them. So enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. You know, especially as dancers, you know, the battle culture, a lot of it came when I was talking to a lot of the OGB boys in New York, um, they would talk about, you know, those, for a lot of those young kids, they would leave home and they would go to the gay clubs. And he's like, those were our mothers, quote unquote, but nobody wants to talk about it. But then they saw that battle culture there and started doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so there's a big disservice if we don't speak on that, you know, Um, and it's definitely something that our community, street dance community at large is, is aware of and wants to shed light on um, mm. as well. Not to mention, um, you know, there's uh, there's all kinds of parallels too, just with marginalized communities in general that don't have a voice. I mean, there's also like a lot of people that are disabled that can't, you know, show up the way they want to. Um, this is an ongoing conversation. You know, it is really like that, that saying that no lives matter until black lives matter is true, but it's like, the blackity blackity black life is the one that needs to matter. You know, like the the trans, disabled, queer, like everybody, black person, you know, that's the person. It's like the quote unquote weakest link is in my mind is the strongest and it's the one that's once it's repaired is gonna be the foundation for all of us. So mm. um yeah, so we can't stop with just one one narrative um mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, and there's just like the phobia in the black culture and black culture in general, uh, African-American culture specifically, and maybe black culture at large with, uh, with, queer, with the queer community is, is something that needs to be worked on. I mean, it's also, there's, there's things that are detrimental that, um, you know, like men go to prison and come out and things like, I had a patient that went to prison, came out, became HIV positive in prison met up with his girlfriend um afterwards you know they had a kid she never got it he never told her she was HIV positive because he was so he's like that happened in prison I don't talk about it um she never got it uh the baby he called her the miracle baby like she never got it but I'm like he was so he had so much of a weight on him because he didn't have any sort of community to have that conversation with um and it's it's real like we need to we can't joke about it anymore and I remember talking to people even in like the dance community too like talking about you know some folks that were famous uh rappers that were and I'm not going to say the names but they were like hey nobody knows but after after shows he would go out with so-and-so who's another man and we don't talk about that like no but it's not you know it's because like the quintessential masculine hyper masculine male is a black male and he's also the hyper threat as well and you know i felt i felt that my dad going through that his whole life and not being able to cry what ultimately killed him in the end i think it broke his heart you know mm. um but it's just it's got to be worked on it's there's no way around it mm-hmm. so, um, wow. yeah. yeah no that that just reminds me i i i was just hanging out with a friend who's a teacher in alameda at a, an elementary school for kindergartners and she's a white woman 
Yeah. Um, and, and she was like, this is my summer of education. I'm just reading all the articles I can and figuring out how to be the best teacher for these young kids moving forward about this situation. Yeah. And, and so like, she's like, I'm a white woman. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged, but I don't understand. Yeah. And I want to understand. And she's like, this is my summer of learning. And, yeah. and, and so she's just, and, and Aaron has been, you know, sending, sending a bunch of articles now. And, um, and, yeah. and she's like, I'm a teacher, I'm teaching kids. Like, yeah. God, that's so important right now. Yeah. And, and it's cool. There's so many resources. Sesame street, you know, has yeah. videos I've put out and, uh, yeah. and, it, and it's cool. And it's like all the, this is what makes us different this time. Because mm -hmm. it's hap it happened last year, happened the year before, happened the year before, happened the year before. It's happened since the beginning of our country. Mm -hmm. But now is different because I'm having people that I never would have talked to about this shit reaching out to me. Right. Yeah. And that's a difference. Because we're just like stewing in our own gooses, right? On social media. We're only sharing shit with people that are like-minded and people that right. are us. Right. But when people start reaching out to you that would never talk about this shit, yeah, that's when it's like, wow, it's ranch. Do you have any any family reaching out? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, my sister. Oh, okay. who, um, yeah, yeah, my sister who uh, we had a crazy conversation. Yeah, a lot of like allies in general are are feeling you know handicapped and being like, I want to make some big statement and I want to do something. I want to whatever it is. And like the biggest thing you can do is have conversations with your family because you'll talk to them and you'll be like, they'll be like, I did this. I went and chained myself to this. I did that. And then they're like, Oh my, my racist uncle, whatever. I ain't gonna talk to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, your racist uncle is probably the one that killed five of us last week. Like that's the person you need to be talking to. And that's like, mm -hmm. a, that's something you can do, right. That is going to have a major impact on all of our lives um and those are small actions they're not like it's not like oh whatever i don't talk to that person no you absolutely have to talk to that person well, and well, you might need to do that instead of going in protest and um she had the co the same conversation with her ne uh, my nephew so, so then she turned to me and i was able to have the conversation with her you know right. because i was um because i'm right in the middle and i, and I think that's the thing too is like yeah. You know, the younger generation is so far from the, I, I feel like I was right in the middle, you know, and I'm like, walk her through it. But it was amazing. It was super yeah. beautiful. It was great. Yeah, was yeah my, great. Friend had a, my friend had a moment where she was like, you know, she's, she's, um, she's, I forgot where I think, somewhere in Latin America, but she's, um, that's where her family's from. But you know, she's white, like, that's how it is, a lot of the things, it's like, people come here, and all of a sudden, they're, like, Latino, but down there, they're very much white, you know, and, um, and so she's really cognizant of that, and, uh, and she went and actually had a conversation with her family about it, you know, about the privilege that they had, and, you know, she's also an amazing artist, and dancer, and editor, and all these other things, but she's like, I don't have the energy to do anything but work on my family dynamics right now, and I'm realizing that it's super powerful because she actually spent a whole day creating a game that was like had all these fluffer questions in the beginning to like get people to talk. And then by the end of it, you're like having these really extensive conversations based on these questions that she had from this game that she made. And she's wow. like, the next day I went out with my mom and saw like a huge difference in how she was acting in the world. It was just, and she's like, that's when I knew that maybe this is all I need to be doing right now. And she also had this epiphany that she's like, I'm posting all this shit on Instagram and I realized all my racist relatives are on Facebook. So let me go and like, go find where they are and just like 
you know, poke them where they're at, you know? And so, so she's really been doing some serious work with all of that and not asking for anybody else, you know, um, to hold her hand with it. She's just doing it on her own. So I'm really excited to see what she gets into. She know? needs to share this game. And <laughs> when you're talking to an immigrant, this is a different thing. When you're yeah. talking to an immigrant about struggles of other immigrants or whatever, it's hard because it is, yeah. they face their own struggle. And, and yeah. for Asians, we ignore the struggle and that's how you get through it, you know? So yeah. like there's, it's tricky. I think right now, cause it's also like calling us all, like I'd mentioned before, like, you know, the privileges that I have and looking at that. And like, I had a conversation with my friend who is Puerto Rican and he was like comparing a lot of the, um, he's like, you know, Latinos are dealing with, I'm like, not to mention that Puerto Rican, I mean, he looks very white, but like, you know, there's a lot of black culture in Puerto Rico too. Um, but he also is just like talking about, you know, immigrants are suffering and it's like hard for everybody and, you know, all these things. And he's very much like, he'd be all up on Black Lives Matter and all of it. But then when you really sit and talk to him, he's like, you know, the struggles is like the same. Everybody's gone through it. I'm like, okay, listen, this is a thing. Like someone's, the fact that you can trace your lineage as an immigrant generations back to wherever country, whether it be like Vietnam or you know, somewhere else, like the fact that you even have that luxury is, is in and of itself amazing and, and a privilege because people that are African Americans are like, we have no clue. Like we have no fucking clue because it was systematically erased. And it was like, not even like, you know, there's no way that we can get, so yes, everybody's dealing with struggles and it's not like a victim pity party thing. I don't like getting into that place. But I don't like the comparisons because like people were fine for the most part. Yes, like shitty things were happening in Africa at the time too. But like we were, we knew that area, right? Like we knew where we were at and people were just ripped from everything they knew to not be a part to like build something for someone else that they didn't have any sort of stake in at all. Um, and that's just a history that's very unique to the African diaspora from specifically the African diaspora from slavery. And it's also an issue that comes up in the black community because there's a lot of African-Americans that have issue with Africans from Africa too. Yes, like yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we also have to talk about, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's different culturally. It's like, there's a lot of things there um, and we're piecing apart all of that through these conversations. You know, I would mm -hmm. say that like Africans from Africa, like new immigrants, yes, are going through a lot of shit, but there's more in akin with you know, other immigrant populations here, including Filipino population or other Asian populations, they have more like similarities than like African-Americans do with, with those populations mm -hmm. because our history is just so, it's like basically the whole thing is trauma, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's another reason why I feel blessed to have the immigrant culture and have an understanding of immigrant culture and what people have to go through their own struggles. Like my mom living here for 40 years and being like, she's American, <laughs> you know, she has an accent, but she's American. So I understand both sides of that difficulty. Um, but I still, even though I have both of those understandings to a certain extent in my own perspective, obviously it's not the same as everybody else's with those situations, but um, you know, I still paramount above and every, above everything else, African-American culture, like there's a lot that needs to be repaired. And a lot of it starts with just saying, looking, saying what it is, which means like reparations needs to be talked about. <laughs> Defund the police first. And then if we actually start talking about reparations, giving people some sort of a stake in, in, in you know, whatever it is, land, money, anything like that, investments, because like, you know, African-Americans have built this place and need mm -hmm. to have, have some of that wealth. It's, 
you know, this needs to not be talked about. It's not affirmative action, it's reparations, because affirmative action feels like a handout, you know, or welfare and all these things, it feels like a handout. What it is, is getting what was rightfully owed to us in the beginning, mm -hmm. um, because of the, the building and the like suffering that people have done here, Brazil, um, other places that all that have this legacy that needs to happen. Nobody wants to open that door, but the longer we avoid it, the worse it's going to get. And so there are a lot of young people in Richmond that actually are having that conversation openly. I went to an event earlier this year that were like, we got to talk about reparations and they're not scared to talk about it. Um, so yeah. In, in, in Richmond, in Richmond, California, East Bay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Right on. So there's a lot of things that, that are kind of in the works that people are scared to talk about basically, and just need to be, need to be unearthed and and discussed because it doesn't oh yeah so someone was saying that like oh you know african or people need to be happy that um black folks are looking for equality, oh not revenge not revenge but, yeah yeah kim jones it's like do kim we jones. want that do we want that movie like the what is it the kim peel movie <laughs> like that get out no like, get out the uh, not that one the other one where like all the people were under the oh uh, um yeah. oh us or something that Say that again? They're like on that amusement Us. park. Yeah. Yeah. And like they all come up and yeah, like that's what I took away from it. And I was like, yeah, Ooh. you know, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we should think about that a little bit. Um, there's a lot of ways you can <laughs> right. see that movie. That's why it's such a great film. But dude, I didn't, ob obviously, I didn't, I didn't see that. So yeah. now I'm going to go back and watch. There's oh, hundreds of different ways that's to see fucking that. fucking yeah. deep as fuck. Yeah. Ooh, you just blew my mind. Sorry. <laughs> I just got like sweaty. Woo. <laughs> You've been sweaty, don't worry. I have been sweaty, I'm gross. Um, but she that, always sweats, it's fine. That's a, okay, I'll yeah. watch that again. I mean, there's just so many wow. things that, that, you know, just really need to be discussed. Um, and, yeah. and, and people just look, are so, so concerned with being politically correct and all these types of things. It's just, it's just not helping at this point. It's just not. Um, and I'm ha like you said, Ange, like people are having conversations now that they didn't before. People are talking to relatives like they didn't before. Um, you know, even people would like interracial marriages would happen and people still didn't have the conversations. They're just like, hey, we're not going to go to that family. We're not going there for that holiday. That's just they don't like us, whatever. Like it, those times are done now. We don't have that luxury anymore. You know, the mm -hmm. kids aren't the kids aren't buying it anymore. <laughs> They're like, mm -mm, we're kids like aren't all right. <laughs> they are not all right. They are not all right. No. And the kids are us old people. <laughs> right. Also. It's those, not just the kids. Those, those the kids old are people us. are not all right. I, know. I thought, I think that like not having kids of my own kind of makes me a perpetual kid. Um, and in yeah, some ways. That's fair. In all the positives and negatives of that, right? Like you're like up on a lot of things, right? And mm -hmm. you're in it because you're interested because you're not in your microcosm of your own little family. Yeah. But you also, you know, can sometimes be a little bit more youthful than you need to be. <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't be wearing some of the things I wear. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Are you your beautiful mouth? Stop it. <laughs> but you know, just, it's just funny how that is. I'm like, and then also talking about that real quick, I just, I've been talking, thinking about like taking one for the team and you know, I was like, about like not having kids and I've talked about that before but like now I feel like everybody's kids are gonna need like five parents <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm kind of in that place right now of just offering mm -hmm. my services it's hard with COVID because you can't really you can't really help out as much right with all the shit going on with the pandemic but um you know those kids really need support I mean kids are saying things like eight 
you know, seven, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year olds are saying things that I did not think about at that age because I didn't have to. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think every mm -hmm. generation has some level of that, but not on like a global scale, like it's been right now. Mm -hmm. um, and they're asking, those kids are like, not, not putting up with it anymore. And a lot of like the mental health stuff is going to be serious for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be yep. a big thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marina. Oh, Jesus. I yeah. needed this. Thank you. You are <laughs> sure. Like All right, this is our like bi-weekly <laughs> download. We're like, we're feeling down, so we need to talk to Marina. <laughs> Don't you dare. Here she is again. No, no. We're all in this collectively together, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Marina, for the incredible conversation. And it didn't even end after we ended this with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talking for, what, another hour after that? How many times? I used the bathroom twice, I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, let's just rewind because, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's rewind because you, so we ended the, like, the quote-unquote first half because uh, I thought we did, but you wanted to keep going on the conversation and you took us to the restroom with you so you could pee, but we were still recording. And then you came out of the restroom, but during that time we were still having a good conversation. And then we just talked to Marina at least for another, at least recorded 25 minutes, um, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, just which is this half. And it was really good. Um, and we weren't sure if we were going to use it or not when we ended the whole uh, recording, and then we ended up using it because it was it was so good, and she's so good. So. I I totally thought that like it was I already kind of had put a timestamp on like made a note. Of I did too when the episode had ended. Yep. and then Ange like picked up the, the laptop and took us to the we're like where are you taking us and you're like well i don't want to miss the conversation <laughs> and, then, and i had a feeling that it was going to stay good that's why and, and like, then i but i was just thinking oh it was just it's like you just didn't want to miss out on us chatting or you guys chatting actually because i was just kind of you know fly on the wall for this one and uh but then as you guys kept kind of you know diving more into it then it's like it started getting into i was like oh well shoot this might be another episode yeah then, you know here we are you know like it was like 20 minutes later and i'm like yeah we you know this is we can't not you know share these conversations because you know this is what we're doing right now right is having these right. conversations and, mm -hmm. and and then when you went to the back room the second time, I was like, I'm I'm pressing stop. <laughs> that that oh, was done. the cutoff. That was the cutoff. See, I, I bookended it for you. You're welcome. I should get producer credits for this. One. It was premeditated. <laughs> yeah, that was all part of God's plan. Okay. So anyway, on that, <laughs> thank you, Marina, of course, for just being so open and honest and so loving. And I just love her so much. I want to vote for her for something. Can she just run for something? <laughs> um, so yeah, in the meantime, you can find us at bitchtypodcast.com. You can also sign up for our monthly e-newsletter when you land on the landing page. It's right there. For behind the scenes footage and short interview clips, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. It's also brand spanking new. Whoosh. You can find us every Monday morning at bff.fm from 6 to 6.30. Boing, 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 boing. We are powered by GoTo Productions. 
bitch please. <laughs> <laughs>